I don't have friends. I got family. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Dude, I almost had you. <laughs> got the hamburger meat all hanging out. <laughs> you know? That has got to go to work. Life's simple. You make choices and you don't look back. You can have any brew you want, as long as it's a corona. I'll have the tuna. No crust? No crust. Welcome back, pod people, to another episode of Cinema Mori. I am your hostess, Lexi, and with me today I have... Justin. Chuck. And we are continuing our Fast and Furious month, and we are fast and furiously moving through this month. And today we are covering Fast Five. I have a piece of Vin Diesel trivia to start the episode with for you. What is tattooed on Vin Diesel's arm? Steak. Do you know Chuck? No. He has his D and D character tattooed on his arm. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that? I knew that from one second ago. He's a huge D and D fan, and he is huge into storytelling. So I learned some shit that I didn't know until I went back and watched the video that would have been good to know going into this a little sooner. In Tokyo Drift, to get him to come in and do the cameo, he's like, "I'll do a cameo for your film." but you have to give me full rights to the Riddick films. And he wanted full producer rights to any future Fast and the Furious films. To Cameo, you're going to give Vin Diesel all this stuff? Because he didn't ask for money. That's what he asked for. And they didn't know if there was going to be a fourth film. That's essentially how Vin Diesel got involved in the other films. When we got to the fourth film, he was working with Justin Lin and Justin Lin liked him. And he was like, I was working on Riddick and Riddick didn't do very well. I thought Riddick was this big story oriented thing. And he's like, you know, I'm into D&D. And Lin's like, I'm also into D&D. And they got talking about D&D and they were like, what if the Fast and the Furious had this deep, rich story, this really, really deep character plot? And what if we created this whole universe? Why didn't they ever do that? 
That's what they thought they were doing with 4. 4 was supposed to be a soft reboot, but still bring all the stuff from the other series in because we've already got some pre-established lore. We should take our pre-established lore. And then from this point on, let's build this whole mythos, lore, and all this kind of stuff because I like D&D and I think Fast and the Furious needs to be like D&D. Where did you read this at on like a Reddit page? I watched a whole video on YouTube about it. So I do have to mend things that I had already forgotten in Fast and Furious, the fourth one. At the very end of the movie, when Paul Walker is breaking Vin Diesel out of the bus, he is driving Dom's car. So somewhere between the trial and getting transferred, they got his car back out of the wreckage. I also thought this exact same thing. Where did they get Dom's car back? <laughs> and it also had his $20 silver necklace in it. That's right. <laughs> I honestly think that this is one of my favorite openings of one of the Fast and Furious movies. The way that they break him out of the bus is surprising that they didn't just fucking murder him somehow because their <laughs> method of getting him off the bus was just straight up crashing that thing. Yeah. Well, where did they get the adamantium steel that Dom's car is made out of that allowed <laughs> them to butt check an entire prison bus? That's an armored bus. I mean, that's like reinforced to like not allow you to break into it and break the prisoners out and stuff. But he like came up behind that bus and like just butt slammed that bus and flipped it through the air like it was nothing. It didn't even have a dent <laughs> in it. A 70s charger is indestructible. You forget, it's not about the car, it's the driver. Yeah. A normal charger, yeah, it would have been smashed, but Paul Walker was behind the wheel of it, so he was able to not smash it. Do you want to know an interesting fact about 1970s really. chargers? I know you don't, that's why you're shaking <laughs> no. But you know I'm going to share it anyway. Because it's also making these films hard to shoot. Dukes of Hazard, they destroyed all the 69 and 70s chargers when they shot Dukes of Hazard. So getting your hands on 60s and 70s chargers to shoot movies with is like almost impossible because they wrecked them all for Dukes of Hazard back in the day. That's like Christine. They bought 50-some Furies and destroyed almost all of them. Yeah, yeah. That's also the Ecto-1. Yeah, the ambulance. That ambulance is an incredibly rare Cadillac so when people turn them into Ecto-1s, they're like destroying this incredibly rare, like hard to find car. Making it better. Yeah. I saw Kia Soul the other day that had all the shit on it to make it look like an Ecto-1. <laughs> I see people do that all the time to those. It's really funny. And I also see people turn Kia Souls into um, Herbies. That's Herpes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Herpes. It's a weird choice. <laughs> the love bug. Oh, Herbie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Herbie. <laughs> I mean, herpes is also the love bug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were right about that. But yeah, so making these movies, it's really hard to get the chargers that they need for the films because they basically destroyed them all during Dukes of Hazard, And now they're destroying even more of them for these films. <laughs> That's why they upgrade. So we get Vince back. You remember him, right? Yep. But. But what? I'm he's a... back. He doesn't have his fishnet shirts. No, because he's straight in this movie. Apparently, <laughs> he has a wife and a kid. He had a wife, then she tamed him. Yeah. Although he did name his kid after Vin Diesel's character. Yeah, after so. after his yeah. best friend. So he's just like, I love you, man. I did like him as a character in this movie. He's not a very strong actor, but the soap opera aspect of if he's good or he's bad, the whole movie worked. Also, the addition of The Rock is great. 
his line where he's just like, and don't you let them even in a car is the best mood setter for this movie that you know exactly what you're getting into. <laughs> and we get an actual train robbery. We've seen three fake train robberies, and now we get a real train robbery, which now Paul Walker has superhuman strength because they drive off of a cliff into water, which would kill any other person in the face of the earth, and they survive. That scene when they drive off the cliff is so badass. This shit's done so well, and I'm looking at it, and totally survivable, too. I'm just like, the way he like stands on the car and rides it down, and then like jumps off, and then the car hits the water before them, breaks the surface tension. Yeah, you could do this. You'd be like the other guys. You'd be the Rock and Samuel Jackson that jumps off the building. <laughs> just hit the bushes and roll. Yep. Uh, That's yeah. what it felt like to me. They steal a Di Tommaso Pantera. Absolutely stunning. They steal a GT40. Stunning. That uh, Corvette that they destroy is some sort of weird, rare Corvette. I think that's as rare as the cars get in the movie. What about the cars at the end that there's only two of in the Western Hemisphere or whatever? Oh, the, the Koenigseggs? I don't think that's true with those. I think there's more of those than they were saying. But uh, what the little black car that Paul Walker's driving around in, that's a GTR. So he had a Skyline when he was in the, the poor parts of the country. But it was like a 1970s Skyline. They gave him like an old, old Skyline. And then they give him the new R35 Skyline at the end of the movie. So they, they kept him in a Skyline the whole entire film. This movie would have been a good place to end the entire franchise. I think it would have been a great place to end it. I agree with you. 100%. They brought back all the right characters for it. They, they brought back all the characters. Right. <laughs> Didn't matter if they were right or not. We're bringing them all back. Except Sookie, because we're going to do Sookie dirty. I think that they got Tej from a different timeline. I'm so confused about him. Like you said, he's this tech expert all of a sudden. He's the best wire man ever. Right. And also his dream is a garage, which he had a garage. So I'm not, I don't understand how. Right. <laughs> To jump forward a little bit, he's in a normal-ass garage. but Yeah, that doesn't even look like he's in Miami. It's like somewhere else entirely. The only thing he says is he wants a legitimate garage. I'm like, so is he fucking ripping people off in his old garage? <laughs> he's on the run now because he's a criminal. Tej doesn't meet Tyrese until too fast. So when they meet up with each other in five, they're like, oh, shit, you're here. So they already know each other and they already have that pre-established relationship. Clearly, they know each other and they already like know each other from the events from two. But then, you know, like what you're talking about, then how does that work? Because they wouldn't have known each other until two. I mean, it's the biggest plot hole besides the fact that <laughs> they never... <laughs> They kind of get into the Toretto family again, and they don't mention any they brother. Yeah, they still don't have a brother. But he is saying salut and stuff, so I guess he's sticking to more Italian. Yeah, we're saying they're Italian. <laughs> I do like that they had the right in the script why Han eats all the time. Because he's a smoker. Yeah. I'm sure when they started doing Tokyo Drift, they just thought, oh, it'll be cool. It'll give him something yeah, it'll to be, do. It'll be funny if he's eating all the time. They almost gave him like the Tyrese thing of, oh, yeah, it's funny. He eats all the time with yeah, with no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> he just likes eating chips, man. He just, he's just a chip guy. A Tyrese yelling about being hungry. They also have Paul Walker saying, shut up again, but it's not to equipment. Right. <laughs> It's a low key. It's almost like he says it, but it doesn't really fit the pattern. But so far, four movies that he's been in, he says shut up. His catchphrase is going strong. 
I thought the chemistry of the relationship between Gal Gadot and Han, they had a really good relationship. They had good chemistry. I thought they built that really well. I know how that goes throughout the series. I think they do a good job with that as well. They didn't do a good job with the Bechdel test. No. Her character does not talk to Tip Mia at all. <laughs> Mia or the love interest for Vin Diesel since he gets a new love interest in every movie. I don't think any yeah. of these movies have passed the Bechdel test yet. I don't think one of them has. We'll get there at some point. The trailer for 10 looks like they put two women together. Possibly, yeah. They're adding more female characters. We get Charlize Theron and Brie Larson, so women are bound to talk. Yeah, yeah, that's all this is. It's it's just an odds <laughs> yeah, game. Like, yeah. if we just keep adding more women, eventually we'll have to write dialogue where they talk to each other. I actually think in 9 there's one where they go to Tokyo and there's two women, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, because there's that, there's that one girl that's with Han, I think. Yeah. There could potentially even be lesbianism if they're really careful. You know. People like lesbians. Not gays, just lesbians. That's hurtful. Well, you know, nobody wants two dudes kissing. It's only hot when it's two girls kissing. I'm sure if Paul Walker and Vin Diesel kissed at the end of the movie, <laughs> everyone would go nuts. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, it looked like him and The Rock might at any moment. That, yeah. That fight was getting know, like, right? very, very sweaty and it was getting to be a little bit much. The Rock is so wet in this movie. I don't think I'd notice that until I rewatched yeah. it. I was like, he is dripping so frequently in this film. Like, I get it's supposed to be hot in South America, but good God, is he is dripping wet all the time when the camera's on him. I think the issue is there's two big action sequences with him where he is dripping sweat, but there's one time where nothing's happening and he shows up and he's just dripping sweat. And that's where it stands out. He's still like glistening like they hose him down in between takes. Yeah, I think it was where they meet up. Dom does that. You're in Brazil. And he does the Brazilian Jesus statue move and everyone pulls out their guns, which would have been great if those people would have just wiped them all out. <laughs> They're basically Navy SEALs. Just take them out. Yeah. I watched an interesting thing about The Rock. I didn't know the history of his career. Wrestler to actor. Well, no, actually football player to wrestler because he didn't want to be a wrestler. It was his family's history. So he wanted to be a football player that failed and then he was forced into wrestling and then he didn't want to do that and then he finally went into acting but i guess like in the course of his acting he started out with one particular way and then didn't want to be typecast so he started doing things like the tooth fairy and the, the more family friendly shit like the pacifier yeah and then he did he realized Vin he was Diesel. Getting... i know <laughs> they all try their family friendly version of the film <laughs> he did do race to witch mountain though and then he wanted to move away from that so then he like said okay i'm gonna do like more like hard action kind of villainy kind of stuff so he started doing things like pain and gain and shit like that and then he said i'm gonna change my phase again and then he decided he wanted to be like an established action star so that was when he shaved his head completely and packed on the pounds and built himself up this was the film that was the film that established him as an action star and started his actual career as an action star. This is when he started that like seven buck productions. And then from here on out is when he's basically got that shit like, you know, like skyscraper and all that shit kind of gets. I mean, going. I'm sure he's the reason why Black Adam's so fucking expensive. <laughs> I yeah. saw something where they said it was like it's off the top of my head it's not right but Black Adam cost 60 million dollars more to make than The Flash or some shit like that and they're like how? Where did the hell did all this money go? Because it's <laughs> well, not on the he screen He was supposed to just be in the Shazam movie and then he's like nah I think it deserves its own film. He wanted to be the protagonist Yeah because they initially wanted him as Shazam. He's like no I want to be Black Adam. I don't know Adam. about that. You, it sounds like you're making everything up. I've never heard of this. I don't know why I did but I watched Just because you watched a YouTube them. video doesn't mean it's fact. 
I didn't say it was fact. I was telling you what I learned. It might not be learning if it's misinformation. Oh, my God. You're such a I'm just saying. I'm Sorry just saying. God. You're like, oh, before he did football, he was really into golf or something. Yeah. He was a race car driver before that. Okay. That's Frankie Muniz. Yeah. It would be great to get him behind the wheel of the car, but we've talked about it a couple episodes ago. A car that fits the character of the movie, his like all-terrain vehicle that is super armored car. His rhino? Yeah, that matches that character to a T. That is a, it's a good representation of that character. He has it in the other films, too, is Rhino. That's what that car is called, by the way. It's called a Rhino. I picked that up. I knew what you're talking about. Okay. Named after the Paul Giamatti character, I'm sure. 100%. <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I told you before, The Rock is gets incredibly carsick, doesn't like being in cars, can't really handle like going over 30 miles an hour. I don't think you really see him driving around in the car this entire movie. This guy has established himself in the Spy Hunter series, Race to Witch Mountain, Fast and the Furious. I still have never seen Race to Witch Mountain. I just seen the meme. Yeah. How many ca- car-centric <laughs> fucking properties are you going to establish yourself behind when you don't like being in cars? Maybe he'll be a part of the Gran Turismo series. I really wish the Spy Hunter film had gotten made. That would have been fucking awesome. The game that he was involved with was pretty decent, all things considered. I have to say, Justin. Yeah, go ahead. You you brought up Gran Turismo. Did you see the trailer for Gran Turismo? The new one? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that was going to be the plot of the movie, but yeah, I didn't either. That was a that was quite the <laughs> quite a surprise. What is the plot? I haven't seen it's it. It's based on a true story of a gamer that was so good at racing that he became a real racer. Yeah, that is the worst plot I have ever heard of. It anything. looks like it's entirely sponsored by Nissan. It's it is super oh. super into Nissan. I had to like look it up because it, it never says in the trailer it just keeps saying based on a true story i'm like i've never heard of this before they did this gran turismo academy where they would have people i I do know the gran turismo academy they did that and it's based off of one of the guys from like 2013 or something like that and how he turned from being a gamer into actually being like a formula race car driver but the movie itself goes very far it seems out of its way every other character is like oh you want to take these stupid gamers that play video games all day and turn them into race car drivers then the next character is like i mean all my kid does is play these stupid video games all day i'm like this is made by a video game company right they want them to play the video game correct and they keep mocking <laughs> people that play video games non-stop in this trailer that's because the highlight's going to be how awesome it was to be a gamer yeah i know that's what the end message is going to be i wouldn't have learned all this if i hadn't been such a such a dedicated and gamer. that kid's like an unknown it's not any of the people that they're billing like david harbour or whatever I mean, maybe Blue, Dave Harbour yeah. was more of a main character, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Gran Turismo, the company Polyphon Digital, built the gauges for the R34 Skyline. They were the company that was responsible for doing the digital gauges for the cars. So all the, the computers and all the computerized gauge clusters and all that stuff for the Skyline R34s. And I think they were done for the R33s, too. I'm sorry that this movie does step away from the car culture. <laughs> and it goes more into the action. But I this feel like this gets to the this... point where they rip us off and don't even give us a race. Like they do that whole thing where they're just yeah. like, well, they're like, they're like, oh, they're about to have a cool street race. And then an it just it immediately yeah, cuts exactly. to cuts to they got the car in the race. And it's like, whoa, you're you're really moving fast and furious. You're not even showing us races anymore. They're going to win anyways because they're the best drivers. Yeah. So from what I understand, from what I was explaining before, when Vin Diesel was talking about his D&D shit with Lynn and he was like, hey, I want to see this like whatever. They went to Universal and they were like, hey, can we get rid of the street racing shit in these movies? It's interfering with our ability to have a story. 
because the street racing is like stupid and it's really like interfering with our ability to have a story. That doesn't make sense. You could have a good story with street racing. So they were like, we want to completely eliminate the street racing from the series because the street racing is way interfering with our ability to like tell stories. That's false because you get into future stories with little street racing and they're a mess. Right. Yeah, that was one big thing was they don't want any more street racing in these movies because the street racing is interfering with the stories of the film. So that's why from here on out, you don't see any street racing. And then this series basically becomes a straightforward action series. Like, that's all it is. Most of the action does involve vehicles of some sort. Maybe the one that is like the least heavy with vehicles is the shootout where they get ambushed. Uh, They're blowing up all the cars. The rooftop scene? Yeah, that rooftop scene. So they were supposed to shoot that in six days. There was some issue that they ran into. They wanted something else. So because of what they wanted, the other thing that they wanted, they had to cut the amount of days they could shoot that rooftop scene. So instead of being able to shoot that in five days, they had a day and a half to shoot that. They cut out an airport scene that gets moved to the sixth movie. Yeah, that one got moved to the sixth movie. But because of something else that they wanted, I don't remember what it was, that whole rooftop scene, they shot that in a day and a half, which is fucking sick. I think that this movie, why it's such a standout and maybe 10, and I actually would be really surprised if 10 and 11 end up being as good as this one. I think they that they ain't going to be that good. This one is just fun. It just has a good time with how ridiculous it is. The whole heist works out in such a great, hilarious fashion. Chuck, we get Cristo Ball for a little bit as villain henchman number one that somehow survives every shootout ever. He's always last man standing. He's always the only guy left, yeah. I do like when they kill the people on the rooftop. There's like five rooftop scenes. They kill everybody on the rooftop and he's just like, "Uh," and he like sneaks away into the house. Paul Walker's performance in this one is his best performance out of the series. I think he's got the best range of emotion. And as far as his acting is concerned, he's really giving his best performance. I mean, he's not the strongest actor, but at least he's not overacting like he did in previous ones. Walker's like interesting in that he's an action star, but he's a unique action star where he's not like a Chris Pratt. He's not like a funny, quippy, like fun but he's got this sweet, charismatic, not funny, just kind of funner quality to him than, say, like, you know, a normal action star would. But he's not funny. Like, you're not like, oh, Chris Pratt's so, you know what I mean? Like, I'm using Chris Pratt because he's easy because, you know, you get what I'm getting at with that. Because he's in everything. I just thought about this because I'm going to see Guardians 3, so I watched Guardians 1. Holy shit, Vin Diesel has Groot and Dom, and they're both coming out this month. He's just getting a pile of cash. He can return the triple X after this. He had like eight and two come out around the same time too. Because I saw eight and Guardians 2 at the same time in the theater. Like around the same time. I remember that. Because I saw them both in the D-Box at the same theater. I believe it. But it's another thing that's so funny because we were texting the other day and we were joking about Vin Diesel's does some really great sci-fi movies. Yeah, like Guardians of the Galaxy and The Iron Giant. The two best Vin Diesel performances that you will ever get. Hogar. He doesn't speak. <laughs> He's a voice and he doesn't speak. <laughs> the Iron Giant is one of the greatest films ever made, and you will give him respect for the three lines that he gives in that film because they are heartbreaking. I love The Iron Giant. Iron Giant's the, a great movie. The Iron Giant's one of the greatest films ever made. It's such an underrated film. They need to give that film more respect. I think it has the respect. I remember when that shit came out and nobody was like giving it respect. They were like, yeah, because yeah. it looked like crap. No, it was beautiful. The animation was gorgeous. It's just different. 
I mean, I don't even hate Fast Five, but the Iron Giants, like, oh my God, so good. I saw this movie in theaters with Chuck and probably Chris and other people, but I remember when this movie ended, I had such a fun time. Maybe it was coming off of four, four sucks so bad that I didn't have expectations for five, but this one was so much fun and it took a totally different route. It brought back all these characters. It doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> fugitives but they somehow contact everybody everybody shows up before they know what the fuck that they're doing you guys are all here because of heist and they're like whoa 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 <laughs> we whoa, weren't whoa. planning like, on doing any heist today yeah why did you guys show up then <laughs> it does have some smart writing in here i think maybe smart for the series maybe not smart overall the way the end plays out one of my favorite pg-13 action sequences where they literally murder dozens of people and there's no consequences for it until probably fast 10 the vault sequence the vault sequence yeah so the vault sequence is super interesting in that it's all done real it's a real vault it's pulled behind two real cars there's three different vaults so there's one vault that's a real vault that's just on strings attached to cars that they allowed to roll over shit and like roll over cars and stuff there's a second vault that is a truck got a vault set on top of it and it follows behind the cars and just kind of swerves all over the road and it's not like a real vault obviously and that one was so that they could do like certain sequences of it like sliding and all over the roads and stuff like that and then there's like a third vault what that one was for but it's like another type of like trick vault like that and so there's like three vaults total to do the whole sequence when they saw what it looked like when it ran over cars he's like put more cars out there i want to squish more cars with it so they started squishing more cars with the vault because it looks so fucking cool on film i mean i'm sure when they did this with hot wheels that they planned out the action sequences with hot wheels okay so here's where we have a giant vault and these two cars are going to pull this thing I mean, I'm sure the centrifugal force or whatever is not 100% accurate, but it's so fucking fun. The fact that they don't kill more people, they totally right. take out a bank and Jordana Brewster's laughs. Did you guys take out a bank? Yeah, they probably would have realistically murdered like, <laughs> I don't know. Everybody in there. 20 people in the fucking bank, but yeah. One thing I noticed in that sequence is Paul Walker is a sadistic fuck. He seems to be really enjoying that he's being destructive. And Vin Diesel seems to kind of be watching him and going like, why are you so destructive? And he seems to be like engaging in ways that's obviously he's creating more debris to like keep the cops off of them. But also like there's a quality about the right. way Walker's like very excited by it. And Diesel seems very like put off by the way that Walker is like handling things, all things considered. Well, we have corrupt cops, but there's also normal citizens in this city. Right. And so all their like, cars and shit are getting all <laughs> smashed up. It's like Walker seems to be some kind of extreme whatever junkie who gets off on this shit. Vin Diesel seems to be somebody who just kind of was thrust into this life and is like stuck in it and doesn't necessarily want to be there. But it's just is his life kind of thing. Walker is just there because it gets him off. <laughs> oh, he's full criminal now. Yeah, at this point. And 100%. he's going to be a dad. He's really part of the family now. Yep. That one race that they do have where they're all in the cop cars, which is probably the only race in the movie, is also pretty fun. Yeah. I thought when they did that one race and Paul Walker points at the blue car, I was like, see, that points my theory out that he, he drives blue cars, but then he ended up just driving it around, not really doing anything with it. Your theory? Like it's a big head scratcher. Like I've done all the research and it's always blue. No one else has been able to piece this puzzle together except for me. It's a big head scratcher. I've done it all. It's always blue. It's me. 
I am the Fast and Furious expert. It's just a lot of fun. I think the introduction to The Rock and how that ridiculous his character is is exactly the tone of the movie. It's matched perfectly in this guy. I don't think that Vin Diesel and Paul Walker are always the best. Uh, I almost wouldn't even say they have great chemistry, but the movie action sequences work with them. They could have been pretty much anybody. You can tell Walker keeps Vin Diesel in check. You can tell like when they're acting on set because that's apparently true. So I guess Vin Diesel has a brother who looks exactly like Paul Walker. Yeah, it's John Cena. <laughs> in real life he does we're not talking about real life so when they started working on these movies he developed a really close relationship and so um when they started working on these movies they worked very closely on the film so they were equally involved in the production and so when he died basically vin diesel became completely incorrigible to work with that's very very noticeable in this film sounds like a kanye path mom dies yeah. and kanye goes nuts it does sound like that because it seems like when you watch this movie like that he's keeping him in check there's several scenes you can tell he keeps him in check when i went to go see the movie with you guys i thought hey, it looks decent so i wasn't really expecting it to be as fun as it was i think we had a good idea that a lot of the characters were back from the trailer yeah but I was totally not ready for the, the actual heist and how everything was going to go down. Uh, I like how they tried to incorporate. We have to break the certain speed through. They don't really even say drifting, but they have to get through these like tight spaces with a car. But I like how the schedule moves up and moves back. And when the Rock teams up with them because the whole police force is corrupt and they saved his life. I love how he just drives his truck like a bulldozer straight to the point of where they need to go. And then uh, whenever the bad guys realize that he's stealing the vault, it's such a wonderful moment. But you didn't have fun with this movie? Me? I love this movie. It's great. I watched Extended Cut. I don't even know what's extended. I did too. I don't know what's extended either. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> it's two hours, 11 minutes. That's all I know. It's probably just literally random extra shots of cars that, that you just didn't even notice weren't in the first movie. Yeah, maybe. More butts at the underground racing scenes. I think this is the best of the series. This was the highest grossing at when it came out. I think it was like 800 and... 70 something million was it's like total gross when it yeah it out. sealed the deal on committing to the yeah, rest of the it's like franchise. we're getting these forever now and then the next one pulled in over a billion and it was the first film to pull in a billion dollars for universal something like that was the seventh one that pulled in over a billion something like that one of them we don't even have the strongest of villains yet they start getting big names for everybody i mean can you even believe this is a billion dollar franchise like when you looked at the first film, when you saw that first film, if someone came back in time and told you one day this is going to be a billion dollar franchise, would you believe that? Yeah, I would believe it, but I probably wouldn't think that it would go the route of action. What would you have possibly thought that it would go the route of, though? Well, more of the racing scene or something. I didn't think they'd be driving a vault around killing a bunch <laughs> of people. I wouldn't have thought that you'd have anything grow out of that first film. Other than, like, the second film. Your hypothetical was somebody's telling me from the future it's a franchise, so I have to assume that it has something to do with cars. You get what I'm saying. Like, if you looked at that first film. No, I wouldn't really think of that as being a huge franchise, but like you said, most first movies, unless it's based on some sort of book series, isn't intended to be a huge franchise. I'm not even saying, like, huge franchise. I'm saying when you look at that first film, would you walk away from that and say, this is a billion dollar franchise like harry potter i would say billion dollar franchise i would not say that about this i mean it's still oriented towards kids to some extent teenagers 
Right. This is not the kind of thing you build amusement park rides out of. It does the same exact thing that Pixar's Cars does. It sells no. a ton of Cars toys. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, my God. There's merchandise that is cars. able to be pushed with this series. Cars is so disturbing. I hate Cars. Well, Cars is a great movie. Cars. I can't say the same about Cars 2, but... <laughs> I'll stand by Cars 1. Another thing where like all the wheels started spinning in their head, literally and figuratively, of how they can make more money off this franchise than solely what's in the box office. What's in the box office? Chuck, remind me. They were at the Video Game Awards, so they made some shitty game a few years ago to come out with uh, 9. Yeah, I, th I think I remember there being one game that they did like some sort of tie-in. Yeah, because I think him and Michelle Rodriguez did a ad yeah. for it, like at the I can't game. Remember, yeah, I can't remember what it was called. I just that's more of his like nerdy, like he's into stuff like yeah, Dungeons and Dragons and video games. But he voices a game where he's like a caveman or something. I am not sure. Are you talking about Far Cry? No, no, no. Arc Two. He did Arc Two. He's a voice oh, in that game. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's Crossroads just by the time that that game came out. Yeah, Fast and Furious Crossroads is like the most recent. Yeah, because I think the game came out and then Fast 9 got postponed from the pandemic. They never really make any like console Fast and the Furious games. They're always like cabinet games, things like Cruising USA style kind of games. There's a lot of racing games. How do you compete with those things? They're essentially like Madden now where they take what they've already established that's great and they tweak on it. And a lot of the games are about making the cars look super realistic. Ain't that hard. But what? Just give me another. Just ain't that hard. Just give me a good one. I'm always here for a new. There are game. good ones, but I'm saying like, how do you make a Fast and Furious game that's not a ripoff of other racing games? Just give me another racing game and just do a good job of it. That's all. I don't care. Cause like I like Midnight Club. Just do Club. a good job. Just do a good I'm, job, game developers. Like, I mean, Midnight Club is a good game, but so is you know Need for Speed Underground, but so is uh Forza uh, Forza. What is it? Horizons. Like it's yeah, all it's all the same fucking Horizon's shit. It's all great. tuning a car like. It's, but like, you know, give it your own flavor. Give it your own style. Give me a reason. I liked Juiced just as much as I liked, you know, any of those. Like, they're all the same fucking shit. It's just give it your own flavor. Give it your own fun. I'm like, I like tuning cars. I like having fun. Give me some colors. Give me some shit. Make it like three and two. Don't make it like the new movies. Yeah, I don't know. This movie wasn't the least colorful movie, though, but definitely not as bright as three. Not as crazy with the way the cars yeah. look. Maybe because it's Brazil. For some reason, they're like, we're going to have most of the cars just covered in dirt. They should have followed proper Brazilian car culture. Uh, they did. They steal cars. No. That's a good introduction to Vin Diesel, who's a character that we've seen in every fucking movie. But just how they like cut into the train, and that's his introduction. Like there should have been like a fucking shit ton of Volkswagens, like Volkswagen Beetles and buses and like golfs. And they're all on the run. And when they're like they're scoping out their hit for this heist, they're like the only Americans in Brazil. There's even a line. We need a guy that blends in like a chameleon. And they show Han. I'm like, does Han blend <laughs> in in Brazil? I mean, no one blends in better than Paul Walker, a blue eyed, blonde haired. Blondie. You know, white guy. I always call him yeah. Blondie. Yeah, they don't blend in at all, and they're, like, following these people and never being seen. I also really think that it would be funny when they break into Reyes's first money house or whatever, and they burn the money, and he's, like, takes off his mask so the guy knows who he is. But it'd be great if that guy just had no clue yeah. who he was. Like, this is great, but I don't Goes know who back, you are. Like, Some bald <laughs> guy. Ugh, must be Dom Toretto.
Also, too, it's funny that they have the PG-13 version of the drug house where they're counting money, which in most of these movies, like, everyone has to be naked so they're not stealing the money. But they got, like, their panties and... Yeah, they're like... Like, there's a lot of places uh, to still conceal that money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In the story, they burn one of his money houses because they know that he'll put all his money in one basket. He put all his eggs in one basket. It's in the police force that there's only one good police officer, which The Rock finds and discovers. And she's a good person overall. The Rock is such a wimp in this movie, too, for being somebody that grabs a rocket in a couple (laughs) movies. He didn't have his superpowers yet. He was still uh, he was still learning them. He didn't bust out of his yeah. cast yet. Yeah, I find The Rock incredibly annoying as a character. Like his character, just like he just doesn't fuck off. He sometimes tries to be a little too quippy. Like he tries to be the comic relief when he's not. He's not always naturally the most comedic guy in the world. He has two funny moments when he says, "Don't let them in cars," and when he tells his people to reassemble the car. Those are, Those are two, the yeah, only the two, two lines that are moments, remotely funny yeah. from him. But he's not bad. I do like how they pull off that whole thing so they can track his car. But then he found the tracking device. It is funny, though, how many times they reassemble. Like, okay, we're really going to do the heist this time. We're just going to go for it. Everything's against us, but we can do this. We can pull it off. And the movie has a twist ending. What exactly is the plot of this movie? Everybody is a criminal now from all the previous series. They basically find out that, I don't know what type of crime that he's doing, but Reyes, who's the bad guy in Brazil, he's got his hand in everything. He's like a crooked guy. They lightly get into his story by stealing his car. They've come up with a get-rich scheme, which is we can take out this bad person, but we can get rich while we do it. That's the premise. It's a Robin Hood story. There's not even really anything personal with this bad guy, which is why I think he's not a very good bad guy. Yeah, that's true. That moment when he comes in to the vault the very first time in the police station and he types his code in, he makes sure they're not looking for some reason. He types the code in and he does his handprint and then all that money's in there. So somebody put that money in there without him opening the vault the first time. So somebody else has to have access to that vault. Right. I probably need to rewatch the movie, but I didn't want to rewatch it just for this scene. But they need his handprint to open the vault. And I'm pretty sure he opens the vault with his right hand, but he puts his left hand on Gal Gadot and they get the handprint that way. So I don't even think it's the correct hand. I think you're absolutely correct. Did you enjoy the scene of how she gets him to grab her ass? I mean, I'm not a scientist. I just don't think that it would work. Not really, no. There seems to be, like, a lot of things missing. He has to grab her, but then she has to just go. Yeah. And is he a guy that she can even say no to? He was, like, really rubbing those fingerprints in. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a good print. Yeah. (laughs) I feel kind of bad for her in these movies because she doesn't really have a great role. What do you mean? She's a sexual object. That's her role in these films. In four. Most of these characters come into the series in four. And I honestly feel like this is the first time that they show up where I can remember them being in the movies. Dominican guys who one of them is Santo and Ho-Ho. I don't know know who the other guy is. They remind me of those two racist Transformers in part two. Yeah, they kind of are. They do have good moments, though. Like, okay, I know a lot of money's on the line, but they're going to split all this money evenly between people that don't kind of have the same skills. I think they're all involved in the heist at the end in, I guess, kind of a clever way, but they are like the weirdest comic relief where they go in, they basically set off a cherry bomb or like something in the toilets to go in and be able to cut through the wall to get into the camera system or whatever. 
Yeah. It's very cartoony. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm sure it wouldn't be able to pull it off like that simply. They did the garbage truck thing with the vault. They were the drivers for that. Whoever has to go in and clean that mess up, they're like, why the fuck did they cut through the wall here? Yeah, yeah. Why is there a big hole in the wall? Yeah. <laughs> Even if they put it back, you know they didn't cover yeah, it they up. Didn't, well they didn't put the spackling maybe they up did. and maybe. repaint that spot. Yeah, we need to see some drywall yeah. action. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they have this wonderful scene on the bridge at the end of the movie. It's hilarious because Vin Diesel basically is like, get out of here. You're going to be a dad now. He's going to be, uh, Paul Walker is going to be a dad. Get out of here. And he goes to face this villain by himself. And Brian saves him. But Brian saves him like showing up like a serial killer in a movie. <laughs> like he comes out of nowhere. And not only does he come out of nowhere, his car is just there. Yeah. But they pulled the big switcheroo and you're like, how did they do it? Oh, they had that second yeah, safe yeah. to practice on i love the sequence when dom goes down the bridge with the safe and uses it as like a hammer to take out all the cop cars it's cool it feels pretty natural too because like he avoids hitting the car and it feels like naturally the vault slides into uh yeah yeah he uses the proper inertia everything's done well you can tell from the trailer that this final sequence is how we get jason momoa he's probably that one car (laughs) that black car that gets knocked off the bridge that's not a cop car that's what i'm assuming all these cops they like they have to die if they survive the car crash they're probably drowning in, in the ocean right now the head trauma alone right yeah it is funny that there's literally like six movies later that they're like hey let's address what happened (laughs) at the end of this movie in the the next movie these guys are wanted for stealing money and wrecking this town but there's not one murder there's not like one accidental death they're not like they killed 40 police officers by stealing a safe that's never mentioned it's uh what rob zombie says the unrealistic expectations of a pg-13 movie (laughs) they've got to stop having dominic toretto's cars lift off the ground when he takes off no that's a staple in the series now yeah he's always popping them wheelies they don't do that they do that when you got the weight of dom toretto in them yeah i guess Oh, we did get Nos in this. We almost didn't. I know. I thought that too. I was like, but he needed it to Nos. be able to move the safe with one car. You got. You got to have product placement in it. You got to get the Nos in there. It's not a Fast and the Furious without Nos. But you notice this is the first time Veilside doesn't show up in it. So we got our Nos. We didn't get our Veilside. Yep, they're changing. What did I see? A E. Yeah. That's the new uh, West Coast Choppers. I don't know if you've noticed it throughout the series. The company Year One, they're always yeah. there too. So all the muscle cars, all the tuning is done by Year One. Yeah, I saw it at the yeah, very end. Yeah, Tesh's second mat. garage. <laughs> the first garage was a dream. It's all just a fantasy. Your dream is a day job. <laughs> I also feel bad because I thought Tyrese was a lot funnier in two. I like the dynamic between him and Chris Bridges, but I don't think he was as funny. He almost comes off kind of annoying. I don't even think Ludacris's mother calls him Chris Bridges. What was that? <laughs> the weirdest <laughs> way like of, Chris Bridges. of referring to him. That's what I thought you meant, but I was You like... know what? It's weird, but he gets credited as Chris Ludacris Bridges. One of my favorite things ever is any rapper of all time has the most basic real name. I like to use the real name as <laughs> much as i can you'll talk about that new curtis jackson film whenever he's in one yeah curtis jackson that's it exactly how do they have these names these <laughs> names are ridiculously plain i yeah. always said if you ever remade vanishing point that i would cast Ludacris to play the blind dj also this movie does have the enhance the cameras so we can see who these people are yeah and we can't see them but they can still get eye recognition i do enjoy that when they're like they're wearing masks and they're like i don't care will smith. make it so that we know who they are and i was like what will smith in the last movie they can barely run a fingerprint <laughs> yeah will smith <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, you know, it's funny. Lexi didn't really talk about it on this episode. She brought it up in Too Fast, Too Furious. He just kind of seemed like a bookie or something in Too Fast, Too Furious. Like it was all about making money and stuff. But now he's this tech wire guy. Because the wire guy was that other guy. Remember the guy that had to remove all the tracking stuff in Too Fast, Too Furious? Oh, uh, yeah. It's impossible, but I can guy. do it. His Asian mechanic that seemed to like do all of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was the him. wire guy. I yeah. think they just combined the two characters. Yeah. Because Ludacris had a group of Asians to do all of his work for him. He had Sookie and he had his Asian mechanic. That we can't have too many Asians. It wasn't legitimate we had, then. We have, we've got Han and that's he's our Asian quota for this film. It feels like half their stuff doesn't make sense. I think you brought it up earlier, Justin, about when they they need a reason to bring all these characters together. But when they say, we need a guy that does this, and they're like, I got your man. And then, yeah, and then it's like ludicrous. I'm like, ludicrous is the tech guy? And then they're like, and we need some <laughs> we need some extra muscle that'll get things done. And then it's Gal Gadot riding on a motorcycle. I'm like, Gal Gadot's the muscle that gets things done? I'm like, it feels like they very much try to retroactively <laughs> fit a lot of that stuff. Like they have to bring up that she was in Israeli military service and stuff like that i was like okay that's like not a thing that you remotely would have thought from the last movie so they had to like shoehorn that in that that's how they they know that she's the muscle i'm sure the filmmakers didn't even know she was in the arm yeah i saw this movie like a bunch of times and she rolled up on the motorcycle and i was like who's this character yeah. like, i don't remember who this is I, I think though chuck you probably won't get sucky by 11 yeah yeah maybe they'll bring her back i don't think she's coming back <laughs> i think she retired from acting yeah her last you know big what? thing was like sin a lot city of people have retired from acting she was in so many flops though cameron diaz is coming back they're all cameron coming diaz back. can stay away <laughs> Jamie Foxx talked her into coming back. <laughs> I'm, I was going to say, I'm also okay with her not coming back. Why? You don't love the mask? Oh, God, no. <laughs> not a fan. Maybe I've forgotten some more important details in this movie like I did with Fast 4. But I really did appreciate more when uh, the detective woman that is interested in Vin Diesel or whatever, where she's like, why'd you come back for a $20 piece of silver? Made me laugh because Chuck was like, that is the cheapest looking necklace <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. She and she literally out. was like, it's a $20 like, yeah, where, piece of you get shit. This at, Why like are you Sears? Yeah, he gets his necklace at Sears. I won that at the dollar store. <laughs> they got it out of the vending machine. Cost me 50 cents. Luddy got that out of the vending machine at the pier. You got to stop. Vince, what happened to Luddy, Dom? <laughs> it gets confusing that he's Vin and they call this character Vince, but Vin is Dom. Right. This is a tongue twister. <laughs> it's my vanishing point and vantage point, I guess. They kill Vince. I was very pleased to see him die. They killed him and tried to make it real sympathetic, which it wasn't. Throughout the course of this, they've pretty much killed all of his original crew at this point. The only one that's left alive is the guy who drove the R33, the yellow R33. Yeah, you don't even know his name. You don't know that character's name because you never really have interactions with him in the first film, let alone know like anything about him. All he does is sit there in his car and go, the police are coming, the police are coming. And then like, I think he's there in the final heist for like yeah. five seconds. But I think he's that, at I... the end too. I think he says a prayer yeah. before they eat. Other than that, I don't even remember that character's name or anything. And then you never hear about him again. But he's the only 
only one that's alive outside of Dom and fucking whatever. Obviously, Letty comes back, but I'm saying at this point in the series, all of his original crew is pretty much dead. I think this is also the only movie where they're not drinking Coronas. They don't reference it at it's all. Like, true. like I see they're drinking beers all the time, but it's it's never Corona. I'm just like, is that like a weird? Like, I f- I feel like he would have made a big deal about like, can't we get the Coronas in Brazil? Come on, man. Yeah, they made it his character in the first movie. You think yeah, it would just and then it even on. comes back up in the next movie, like where they make they have like a whole joke about how he's so obsessed with Corona, and then we get the uh, Kurt Russell's into Blue Moon. You really gotta try it, man. It's just shit light beer. I like Blue Moon. Like I talk about like Corona and like it's just cheap Mexican beer. Like just drink some cheap Mexican beer. Like get over yourself. My one friend Chris is obsessed with cars and he's obsessed with Fast and Furious and I think he's pretty much trying to become Vin Not Diesel. 100%. He's only drinking Corona. Yeah, you I know what I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> uh, there's a shot in this where he has the wife beater on with his like super light shirt on top of it. I'm like that reminds <laughs> me of Chris like a thousand percent. Like that's the look that he's going for. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to look like Paul Walker? Why yeah, would some you people want to look aren't like shaped yeah. like that. Not everyone can be that sleek and, and slim. Sometimes you have to have a dad bod like Vin Diesel. That's fair. I do like when they do the train heist and there's that explosion and he's hanging off the truck that's hanging off of the train and he's like, there's a bridge coming up. They could totally have a conversation even though he's like hanging out of the going it's going so fast that could have been the end of him too but he somehow survives well he couldn't survive a ride in a porsche carrera it's the fifth movie and they still haven't (laughs) legitimately got our race in (laughs) because they do the one race and they're like oh he left off the throttle He, he wanted you to win it's baby money or whatever and then at the end, they finally do the race and they end it ambiguously, which totally feels like the end of an entire series for me. Let's like talk about their street race in the cop cars. Cop cars are automatic. Cops don't need to be shifting gears and shit like they need to be able to get to shit. But yet for that race, the entire time you hear the like they're shifting and they're not just shifting. It's like that chunk sound that they're making. That's the sound of like a tectonic like fucking like maybe they can be brought over into manual like my car no they can't they're a police car and they were all on the same level they were all in the same type of car they're all in the same car but yet these cars were making these sounds like they were driving supercharged like v8s with like tectronic shifters in them and i'm just like dude we were talking before the podcast about all these kung fu movies that we were watching and the sound effects like half of them are made up sounds that would you would never hear with anybody doing any of this stuff the sound effects just need to be there to be cool that's it yeah doesn't have to be accurate the car that dom has at the end of the movie yeah the, uh, the, it's actually a challenger he doesn't have a yeah. charger at the end of the film because the body style looks most like the old school challenger or chargers that they have for those so they give him the new challengers because they want to keep the old school aesthetics. I did prototype testing for those cars in Nevada when they were bringing them out. So I've driven pretty much every model of that car. I drove like the V6, the V8, driven the Hellcat. I didn't drive the like really, really big ones they have now. But I do like in this movie too, how whenever they're planning who's going to do each part of the heist, yeah, you have Vin when he's like, and we're going to need two of the best drivers. And Paul and Walker and Vin Diesel yeah. just like look at each other like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. us. I wanted to say real quick with that car, the Challenger, those cars are Fiats. They're not even American anymore. They're all made in Italy, basically, because Fiat bought Dodge 
And so, like, all the cars' parts and everything, they're all just Italian. You know what? I, I was thinking about a car for Chuck, and I see those new Dodge Hornets, and I was like, that's the car that Chuck needs to get and needs to modify. They're all not American. See, here's the thing that's so interesting about We know cars. that. That's why he would be buying it. If you If you really care about American jobs and you want to support the American automotive industry and you want to buy an American car, you buy a Hyundai because they're all made in Alabama. If you buy an American car, they're all built in Canada and Mexico and China. None of them are built in this country. Not my car. Where was your car made? South Korea. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Buick for you. You know what? The Chinese <laughs> the Chinese are in love with Buicks. They fucking are obsessed with Buicks right now. Buicks like the the Buick brand is selling hotter in China than anywhere else in the world right now. I don't know why. I think I saw it in a documentary. I'm, I don't know the name of it. I'm going to have to look it up for the next episode. It was an American manufacturer and how they were going over to Japan to learn how they were manufacturing cars because, you know, this is post collapse of the automotive industry in the United States basically. And it was really, really interesting because you have a lot of those hardcore American, basically racist, like, I hate these people. They took all our jobs away from us. But somebody's like, but wait, maybe we can learn from them. So they start seeing how they were working in the Japanese factories and then bringing it back here. Toyota survived COVID and the the current car recession that occurred because Toyota has um, this like amazing stockpile plan that they've developed essentially. Like they're the only company that does it. And so like they have like a six month like reserve of everything. And so the way that their systems are set up, like they essentially never run out of the necessary components that they need. So yeah. Like they were the only company that wasn't affected by the chip shortage during like that whole entire thing because like they were the only company who's developed because like they have a word for it. Like it's a weird Japanese word they use for it. Like, you know how they have like acronyms for all their shit and stuff like that. Is it a weird word or is it just (laughs) Japanese? It's a Japanese. It's like some weird like Japanese word that Toyota created for their system or whatever. Like it's it's an acronym of some sort. But um, yeah, like it's like one of the most efficient like systems and like other manufacturers are now like looking at what toyota did after this because they were the only car manufacturer to survive the chip shortage that just just occurred that fucked that that thing fucked ford ford is like so like behind at this point and like gm are like so screwed that's right now what we need to stuff. see we need to see dom driving a model t <laughs> yeah what's that thing that he races in eight i think the beginning of eight in cuba or whatever Let's have him in a Stanley steamer. That's what I want to see. Like a fucking like steam powered car. Like him. and. <laughs> what happens? He gets zapped to an alternate timeline where Tej doesn't have a garage. He's just, he's just, he's just black and everything goes terrible for him. <laughs> I think you're describing the twilight zone movie. Yeah. Uh, no, overall, this is a, a hell of a lot of fun. And weirdly, if you never watched the fast and furious before this, you could totally watch this one and understand everything. It's like that one movie that Chuck made us watch. What was that one that you made us watch? With the guy who got sent back. He stands in the one spot and takes that drug and gets sent back in time. Oh, Synchronic. Yeah. Synchronic, yeah. It's like that, but with Fast and the Furious. <laughs> the NOS blows him to another yeah. timeline. Yeah. Honestly, that would be the perfect mix to bring Jurassic Park into this. Yeah. That's how you end up with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm for it. I am 100% for that. When they were d- talking about that 21 <laughs> Jump Street and Men in Black, I was like, do it. Yeah. Just do it. 
the movies are funny enough they'll make the crossover mm-hmm. work you know about cadillacs and dinosaurs don't you the old tv show dinosaurs are in all of our dna at this point <laughs> that did not answer my question <laughs> at all <laughs> i think it kind of answered every question we're almost halfway through these movies we're still not really halfway until we get through six how are we not halfway? Uh, there's a five? little movie called Hobbs and Shaw that throws off the oh, number count. Oh, that's right. Hobbs and Shaw. That's fine. Hobbs yeah. and Shaw is a really good movie. These are movies that are meant to be seen in the theater. Like, seriously, like Fast and the Furious movies, they're like some of the few movies that I actually like actively try to see in the theater. They're just Yeah, made I for still it. can't wait to get to nine where we ruin Chuck's movie theater yeah. experience somehow. It's a bad time. Are you going to see 10 with me? Yeah, we'll see. Okay. I'll take a solid we'll see and an ambiguous we'll see. Did you have a bad time at nine? Was there a bad experience? The, like, the movie was the bad yeah, experience. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You didn't have a bad theater experience, did you? Like, it wasn't that? No. Other than going to the theater these days. I feel like you're a therapist. You're bringing up bad memories for Chuck. That's how we'll open nine. We'll open nine with Chuck's fake therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> and how did... And how did this make you feel when they got launched into space in the Fiero? That was probably the highest point of the movie. Well, this is week three. Stay tuned. Friday, we're going to have Fast and Furious 6, I think is what it's called. We're powering through. We are. They could be worse films, but I will say this. They're going to get long from this point on. Easily. And 10 is yeah. really a part one of two. So yeah, it's really one final six-hour yeah. movie, probably. This one's two, two hours, 11 minutes. I think the last one before it was one hour, 47 minutes. So I think that was our last, like, under two hour. So I think at this point, everything's two hours or more. I wonder if this one was under before the extended cut. Uh, I don't think they could have added 11 minutes. I didn't notice anything new. I didn't notice anything new either. I don't even notice them saying, did they even say fuck or anything like that? The rocks isn't. Yeah. Rocks not. All the people to say it. They only said it once. You can only say it once, man. Yeah, but this is like probably the unrated extended cut that didn't go in front of people. They could put it in straight. Well, bye. Bye. All right. That was our episode. Thanks for listening. Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening. <laughs>